coming up. What should the D-backs do with their open rotation spots? Should it really go to the Dallas Keikos of the world? And MVP power rankings with Sully Baseball bringing it all down for you next. You are locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Dimebacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Or just look up Locked On Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. But now... Let's discuss the state of the D-backs as we enter the month of July. All right, let's talk about the state of the D-backs because doing my little video yesterday for my Twitter, Locked on Diamondbacks, I didn't, I I realized after I posted it that I said the D-backs had a game today. I knew that the D-backs had an off day today, but I don't know, I got confused with the schedule and I said the D-backs were playing today, so I look like an idiot online, so I'm sorry for that, but the D-backs did lose their game yesterday to the San Diego Padres. I'm sure all you guys know about that already, and I just want to talk about the state of the D-backs as we enter July, because when you look at that game yesterday, it was kind of a micro of how the whole month of June went because the D-backs have really been struggling offensively and we'll get more into the numbers um, as we go more into the segment but yesterday the D-backs you just look at the top of the lineup because like I said microcosm for how this whole month of June went the first four batters in the lineup the one through four hitters were 0 for on the day yesterday all of them 0 for 4 0 for 4 0 for 4 0 for 4 the top four hitters they had five strikeouts that's Rojas Thomas Marte and Christian Walker and they just had no run support from Madison Bumgarner who I don't think was terrible yesterday and we're not going to do the three moons or the three stars um we we didn't do it yesterday we won't do it today once we're back on our normal schedule programming when I record after the games that's when I'll do the three moons or three stars but I'm recording this on Thursday at at 10 30 in the morning it doesn't feel as prevalent to hand out those three stars or three moons right now so we'll do that for the next game probably next week but the d-backs offensively did nothing I didn't think Mad Bum was terrible like I said yesterday he did labor through he had a little bit of command issues but still only one earned run over five innings you'll definitely take that from Mad Bum like we're at the point now where you know, when you think of Mad Bum, those first two years in D-backs uniform, you were happy if you went four innings and gave up five earned runs. Now we're like five innings, one earned run. That's not a great start for Madison Bumgarner. So it tells you how far he's come under Brent Strom and how much he's improved this season. And he was fine yesterday. Like I said, just labored three walks, 105 pitches and only five innings. But the D-backs gave him no support offensively yesterday. And that has been a trend for this D-backs offense all month of June because the D-backs so far in the month of June their record after this month because like I said they're not playing today at the time of you guys listening to this pod the D-backs finished June with a 9 and 16 record which is has been their worst month so far this season April they were 10 and 12 a 45% winning percentage right near 500 they were above 500 in May 15 and 14 but this month of June 
only 9-16, and 16, and their runs scored. Only 105 runs scored this month compared to 127 runs allowed. The D-backs were just not good this month, both from an offensive and pitching perspective. And when you look at the D-backs' offensive numbers in the month of June, they're very similar to what they did in that first month of April. Because in this month of June, D-backs as a team, excuse me, with a team batting average of 206, a team OPS of 637. And when you look at the offensive numbers collectively, the numbers that stand out are those numbers in May. And now you have to wonder, is April and June really the the, the real D-backs, the real identity of what this D-backs offense looks like? Because the May and June numbers, or excuse me, the April and June numbers look very similar in terms of the overall slash line. But when you look at May, that seems to be the outlier. A 247 average in May as a team, a 753 OPS in May as a team with 39 home runs, way more than any other month so far. So maybe May is that outlier when it comes to offense. But even when you look at the pitching as well for this D-backs team, in the month of June, the pitching wasn't good either. And when you look at it, when you try to compare the pitching to the offense, April seems to be the outlier when it comes to the D-backs pitching when you compare to all the months so far because we know how good this D-backs pitching was to start the season. And it had to regress a little bit because there's no way they were going to keep up the sustainability that we saw when they when the season first started for the Merrill Kellys and even the Madison Bumgarners who started off with like a 2-8 ERA those first few starts of the year like the D-backs had just too many guys specifically in their rotation just way outperforming their expectations levels and guys like Merrill Kelly Mad Bum are still having good seasons but nowhere near the level we first saw that first month of the uh, of the year because in the month of April the D-backs had a team rotation of 328 and it has gotten it has slowly gotten worse since then in May it's 487 ERA in June it got slightly better but still a 458 ERA in the month of June and the whip was even worse than this month than it was last month so the pitching has definitely regressed since that first month and the offense just hasn't been able to find their footing. So when you look at the pitching getting worse month by month and the offense not exactly getting better, it's hard to really expect this D-backs team to compete in a wild card race. And that's really the crux of this segment. Should we recalibrate? Maybe I took too long to get to my take. I know my producers at Lockdown don't like that, but I think it's time to recalibrate our expectations with this D-back team as we enter the month of July because I'm... I was checking a lot those wild card race standings for my YouTube audience. Do my glasses look crooked on my face? You can let me know in the comment section. But I was, you know, checking the wild card standings a lot, especially after that, after that month of uh, after the month of May. The D backs were right there in the wild card race. They were pretty much right there neck and neck with the San Francisco Giants. And now, I mean, I haven't even pulled up the standings. We could pull them up real quick. But now, when you look at the standings, when you look at the wild card race, it just doesn't seem as feasible as I thought. Um, maybe three weeks. Ago, three weeks ago because the D-backs they're eight games back in the wild card race which is still plausible but with how the D-backs have looked pretty much the whole season as an offensive unit you can't really buy this team as one that can make the postseason now I still think they're going to be around those 70 win marks like I said around in the preseason I still there I still think they're going to hit around their Vegas totals. Um, if the D-backs get to 72, 73 wins, I still think that's a major improvement this season. That's still around a 20-win improvement. That still uh, shows great progression and development as a team. But even though your team record is better, you want to see it on the field as well. Like, the team record might improve by 20 wins, but 
Do you think Dalton Varsho has improved dramatically? Do you think some of these other players, you know, we've talked about the Luke Weavers and Carson Kelly. Do you think you're getting the player development that you would want as a D-backs front office, as a D-backs manager? The questions, the, the answer to those questions might not be the, the answers you want, but there's still time for guys like Dalton Varsho to really pick it up because last season, if you remember, he didn't really get going to the second half of the year. So guys like Dalton Varsho could still see a, a huge second half leap that will make this whole season in general more positive because I think that's where we have to start going as D-backs fans. Stop looking at the wild card, stop looking at the wild card race standings and start just looking at player development and just start monitoring the young guys because I think the D-backs as the season goes on, as we get closer to the trade deadline, I mean, these next three weeks are going to be important for the D-backs because if they continue the trend that we saw in the month of June, they will be sellers at the deadline. At one point, it felt like the D-backs might be buyers because of how close they were to a 500 record, but if this trend continues, I think they will be sellers at the deadline, and who knows, guys like Zach Davies, Madison Bumgarner, Christian Walker, David Peralta, all those guys could potentially be on the move, and so it, it only creates more opportunity for young, young guys, more guys like Alec Thomas, even the Jake McCarthy's of the world. Who knows, maybe we see if we're super duper lucky maybe we see a guy like Corbin Carroll called up or at least maybe some of these pitchers who are 24 years old like the Ryan Nelsons and the Drew Jamesons get called up so I think at this point of the year yes the D-backs I think are still playing better than maybe what most people expected entering the season but I think at this point of the year it's time to stop looking at the wild card race standings time to take our mind off the postseason just start to recalibrate and look at this team and just hope we could continue the the development of our younger players because I think some of the development like the Luke Weavers and the Carson Kelly's like of course that's not going well but guys like Dalton Varsho he just seems to kind of hit a, a stalemate in his young career so you want him to really improve some of these other young guys how about all those guys acquired from the Zach Greinke trade the Rojas's the Seth Beers the Corbin Martins the J.B. Berskakis's we still want to see those guys improve and take a leap this year. So there's still a lot of things to watch for and be excited about the D-backs this season because they have so much young talent. But if you're trying to hold on hope for the postseason, I think it might be time to give up hope because when you look at the D-backs next few weeks, it will be a fun time until the All-Star break because the D-backs... All the D-backs opponents for the rest of July until the All-Star break, all NL West opponents, they literally play the Rockies, then the Giants, then the Rockies, then the Giants, then the Padres to end it before the All-Star break. So it's going to be a huge test for the D-backs. Like if they get back in the wildcard race, it's going to happen over the next three weeks as they face all division opponents. But I'm no longer looking at the wildcard race. I'm moving ahead to the future. I'm looking ahead to the young D-backs that we have on our roster, and I'm looking ahead to development, and I'm also probably looking ahead to the trade deadline because I'm sure the D-backs will be unloading some contracts once we get to the trade deadline. Now, we're going to be talking about who should be replacing the Zach Davies of the world in the rotation because the D-backs have essentially two spots in the rotation, so I want to talk about What's the best game plan for the D-backs to fill those rotation spots? Should they go young? Should they go with the veterans? That's what we're going to discuss next. So they're going to be on the lookout, and they're going to be recruiting pitchers for their rotation, just like you should be using LinkedIn jobs to recruit people for your business because as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn. 
LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to hire and interview and hire. I don't know if I've already said that. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdownmob. That's linkedin.com slash lockdownmob to post your job free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast and let's discuss what the D-back should do with the rotation because, of course, Humberto Casianos has been on the 60-day injured list for a minute now. And the D-backs recently placed Zach Davies on the injured list the 15 days. So what should the D-backs now do with their rotation? It seems like Dallas Keiko might have a spot in that rotation potentially secured going forward. He looked fine in his... Um, debut for the D-backs on the season, but I don't think he was great. Like I said, he he was just fine for his first start back in the big leagues after a minute. He was just fine, but considering what Dallas Keuchel's looked like the last two years, I'm not really buying the Dallas Keuchel stock. So what should the D-backs do in their rotation? They have pretty much three game plans that they could go with. They could stick with the veteran arms, go with the Dallas Keuchel's and the Luke Weavers of the world, guys with more experience, guys who've really had, you know, a... Uh, uh, Guys with experience probably is the best way to describe it. Dallas Keuchel is, of course, a veteran guy who's pitched under Brent Strom, a guy who's a former Cy Young Award winner. And then Luke Weaver, I mean, he's only 28 years old, but he's been on the big league level since like 2017, 2018, making a whole bunch of starts. Of course, he's always injured, but he's got a lot of big big league time under his belt, and he basically hasn't been a minor league pitcher for five or six years now. So I'm definitely calling Luke Weaver a veteran. The second option the D-backs can go with it just go with one of those young arms that seem to bounce back between AAA and the major league level. I'm talking about the Corbin Martins, the Tyler Gilberts, and the Taylor Widers because those guys also have major league experience, but they're still kind of unknowns. So the Corbin Martins has got the strikeout stuff, but he hasn't really been able to put it together on either level. Tyler Gilbert, he's shown flashes at times. We've seen the no-hitter. He's more of a ground ball pitcher, but so far this year, he hasn't been good as a starter for the D-backs. And Taylor Widener, I thought it looked fine to start the season last year for the D-backs those first few starts of the year before he got injured and ever since he's come back from injury last year he just hasn't looked the same and he hasn't looked that good this year but that is option number two for the D-backs go with one of those quad A guys that seem to bounce back and forth between AAA and the major league level then option number three for the D-backs is just go with someone entirely new that you haven't seen yet Someone from the minor leagues like a Drew Jameson or Ryan Nelson, who we talked about earlier, both guys 24 years old, both guys kind of struggling on the minor league level this year, but still, if you go to MLB.com, two of the top five D-backs prospects in the organization, both guys are 24, like I said, so they should be ready for the major league level, both guys with the kind of profile and stuff that you would like as a rotation member, both can be strikeout artists, both guys can touch triple digits, so they got a lot of stuff to be excited about, so what should the D-backs do? What is the best course of action for their rotation? Well, 
If you ask me, I'm probably doing a combination of number two and number three, just because they're so, those quad A guys, I still have so many question marks about them. And if I had to pick one of them, I'm probably going with Corbin Martin because he seems to have the highest upside of the Gilberts and the Taylor Widener's because Gilbert, he just someone who, he he might've impressed, he Gilbert had, probably has impressed the most of all those quad A guys, but I just don't like his pitching profile as much. I don't like sinker ball pitchers like I've always mentioned. I don't like ground ball pitchers. I want my pitcher to be a power guy, can hit mid to upper 90s with a fastball or the hard breaking stuff. I don't want to see the change up sinker ball guy where it's all you know, high 80s with not a lot of variations in the speed and you're just trying to pitch the contact and pitch and get ground balls. Like that's effective for some guys, but I just don't think that's a uh, that's a sustainable model, and I don't think those guys could be frontline rotation guys in your playoff rotation. So Tyler Gilbert, as much as I like him, and you know we are grateful for the no hitter against the San Diego Padres, I'm probably not giving him this opportunity. Taylor Widener, I like his stuff. He's got the the kind of stuff I would want. He could hit the mid nineties, but he just seems to not be as effective ever since coming back from injury last year. Like I don't know what's happened to Taylor Widener. Maybe he isn't as good as I once thought. So I'm going to give it to Corbin Martin. Because because I like his stuff the most. I like his um, fastball velocity. I think he can strike out guys. He does have command issues. He doesn't mind putting guys on bases. But um, Corbin Martin is the perfect guy when you're talking about feast or famine. Because it feels like he could go out there five innings, two earned runs, and 11 strikeouts. Or he could go out there four innings, six earned runs. He's, he's kind of like the Robbie Ray of all these young pitchers. He kind of feels like a three true outcome guy. And if we could get him to maybe just two of the outcomes, maybe that could work out better for Corbin Martin. Of course acquired in that Zach Greinke trade maybe considered the best pitcher in that deal arguable with J.B. Braskakis so I think I would give Corbin Martin a shot in this rotation as one of the guys in this rotation to be given a shot because I think there's two spots open in this rotation that number four and number five spot because to me Dallas Keuchel I just I'm just not a big Dallas Keuchel guy so even though Tori Lovello seems to be set on him having uh you know at least a few more opportunities in this rotation. I'm just not in on Dallas Keiko. I wasn't in on bringing him into this rotation to begin with. I know a lot of D-backs fans were like, go out there and get Dallas Keiko. And I'm like, why? He's like mid-30s. He hasn't been good in like a few years. Like, I I'd rather just go with a, a unproven young guy who might put up the who might put up the same stat line, who might not be effective either, but at least I could talk myself into theoretical potential with a young guy. With Dallas Keuchel, I know what he is at this point of his career. So I'm out on Dallas Keuchel. Of course, I'm out on Luke Weaver. I mean, Luke Weaver just seems to be lost every time he makes a start in the rotation. Luke Weaver just seems to have no confidence in himself, and I, I have no confidence in Luke Weaver when he's out there on the mound. So I'm off both Luke Weaver and Dallas Keuchel, but if I had to pick someone to pair with Corbin Martin in that rotation, I'm probably going to go with option number three with someone entirely new, one of the Drew Jamisons or Ryan Nelsons, just because I want to see what those guys look like. Those guys are in their mid-20s. Those guys have the kind of... They, they have the stuff that we don't have on this D-backs rotation. Like, as much as I love the Zach Gowns of the world, like, he's not out there throwing 98, 99 miles an hour. Like, Zach Gowns a phenomenal starter. I think Zach Gowns is an ace, but... 
Does he have that DeGrom level stuff? No. And I'm not sure Drew, Drew Jamison or Ryan Nelson have that, you know, DeGrom level stuff. But they do have stuff that's different from Zach Allen. They do got the heat that we don't have in this rotation. They got some hard ring stuff. It's kind of like, you know, the Luis Frias profile who he just comes in. He can throw 100 miles an hour. He can throw nasty breaking pitches. He just doesn't know where the pitches are going to go. He doesn't know how to command his pitches. And the same might be said for these two young guys that I want to see get a spot in the rotation. But guess what? I don't really care about that. If those guys can throw triple digits, if they can bring new life to this rotation, bring some juice, and just be young because I don't want to see Dallas Keuchel and I don't want to see Luke Weaver, even though Luke Weaver's still young. I want to see two young guys who I haven't seen before that I could just talk myself into as to potentially being good because I've seen enough D-backs pitchers when it comes to the Luke Weavers and Dallas Keuchel's and I just know they're they're not the guys, okay? They're, those are not those guys, pal, all right? Those, those are pitchers who I don't want to see in this rotation any longer. I want to see some new blood. I want to see guys I haven't seen before. So let's get a Corbin Martin and then let's get a Ryan Nelson or a Drew Jameson the in this rotation because I think it's time for them to step up and finally get in this D-backs rotation because they've been in the minor leagues, I think, long enough. Now I want to talk about those MVP power rankings. And if you want to own a stock, you know, a sports card of one of these potential MVPs we're about to discuss, you need to head to the Sports Card Investor app because growing up, I love sports cards. My grandfather passed down a whole bunch of sports cards to me, and I've really grown to love them. And when I look at this young D-backs team, they have so many players that I just want to own a piece of their future. I want to own a Jordan Lawler card. I want to own a Corbin Carroll card. And the best place to do that is the Sports Card Investor app because welcome to the world of sports cards reimagined. The Sports Card Investor app is the hobby's most powerful resource. Quickly check the value of your favorite cards, find great deals, and profit from the hobby you love. Available completely free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores, the Sports Card Investor app is a must-have for baseball fans. It's completely free. Easily browse over 630,000 cards from every sport with hundreds more added each week. Check the latest values of your favorite cards with 7-day or 30 30-day charts, find the best prices, and buy directly through the app with our eBay deals. Download the Sports Card Investor app today, available for free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores, or go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on. BetOnline is your number one source for your betting needs and sports info. Find the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet online where the game starts. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up the pod. All right, we're running pretty late on this show. So let's just uh, let's just do some quick rapid fire here. Uh, give me your top three MVPs for the AL and the NL. Okay, I feel like for the American League, I had to do four because there's four that really stand out. Fair to me. enough. Yeah. In my Fair order, 
Yeah, for my order, I'm going Mike Trout, number four. And I think the American League was a lot harder to do than the National League as well because I think the top four is so freaking close. But I got Mike Trout, which is – I think this is going to flip-flop throughout their entire season. I think this yeah. is going to go up and down. But Mike Trout, I have to put four. He's having maybe the best season of the top four guys I'm mentioning. But his Angel team sucks, and I still take record into account. Mike Trout's having a phenomenal season. But just because his team is not as good as the other teams I'm going to mention and he's having a similar season to some of the other guys, I'm going to have to knock him for that. So he's my number four. Number three, I got Jose Ramirez, who's also having another fantastic season. He leads the league in RBIs. But the Guardians, I don't think, are as good as a, another team I'm going to mention for a, a, you know one of the, the my top candidate. He plays on the best team in the American League. So because of that, Jose Ramirez, I can't put above him, even though they're having very similar seasons. Jose Ramirez quietly, very quick, double-digit stolen bases. But for me, he's going to fall in at number three just because I don't think the Guardians are that great of a team. But he's definitely the driving force in that lineup. Number two for me, this guy might be number one on a lot of people's list, and he probably should be number one. Um, But because his team sucks, he can only be number two, and that is Shohei Otani. And if Otani has you know uh, a three five ERA at the end of the season, 25 home runs, 25 stolen bases. Like we probably should give him the MVP regardless of what the record is because he is the definition of MVP. No guy does more for their team than Shohei Otani, but because it's early in the season, I still care about records. I might not care about as much as we get toward the end of the season, but I still care about records as we do these way too early MVP races halfway through the season. So because the Angels have been just terrible the last month and a half, a long losing streak um, during that process as well, Otani, you have to be number two for me, even though you might be the most valuable player overall in major league baseball and the number one i got aaron judge the best player on the best team very easy argument for me uh for the mvp he's got you know leads the league in home runs he's got the most total bases a 290 average over a thousand ops aaron judge has had a phenomenal season and he's playing a little bit more center field than he normally does so his defense has gotten better as well so i got aaron judge as my number one MVP in the American League. So maybe we could go back and forth and do the leagues first, and then you could give me your top four in the American League. Um, it's funny. Uh, there, there's one major difference I have in mind. Um, my number four is Trout. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number three is Rafael Devers. Oh, okay. Was, I like that. Uh, a great year for Boston. I have Jose Ramirez at number two, uh, mainly because he's carrying that Indi- uh, geez, uh, geez, that Guardians lineup. He's carrying that team's offense um they're a contender if you look up and down their lineup if you take him out of that this is a hundred loss team maybe um you know okay maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration but you know he he is their their offense um i don't have otani my top four i guess i i i mean i understand all the arguments for it i truly do i just have to have ramirez up there i have to have devers up there I think Trout's having a phenomenal year, and I don't see how he can give to anyone but but Aaron Judge. I mean, Aaron Judge right now is the MVP of the American League. Um, he, it's just that's that's what I see. Um, okay, well let's let's talk. The National League is probably be a little tougher. Yeah. So, I was- one yeah, thing sure. I was going to say, I like Devers on your list. I think the only reason he's not in my top four is because that first month, he started maybe the first three weeks a little bit slower. But over the last six, seven weeks, you could easily say he's been the best player in baseball over the last six to seven weeks. So I think it's going to be a riser as the season goes on, honestly. I just think the, the Red Sox got off to such a terrible start. Yeah. And then he's, then suddenly you saw um, what he did. And it's like, oh, wow. I mean, to me, it's just uh, what he's been since that first month has been so tremendous that I, I have a hard putting him anywhere else. So anyway, uh, show me what you got. 
Okay, yeah, the National League is a little bit tougher because some of these MVP candidates have gotten hurt recently, so that yeah. kind of plays into it. So for me, I, I'll still put him in my MVP um, list just because the injury was so recently. So I have Bryce Harper, number four on my list for MVP candidates. He's been phenomenal. Now, he's been a little bit more of a DH because he first got hurt with the wrist, you know, before this latest injury. He got hurt um, previously. He had to stop throwing and he had to stop playing defense. He had to move to DH full time. So that probably hurts his MVP candidacy a little bit. And now he just got surgery. Looks like he might be out six to eight weeks. So Bryce Harper's definitely going to be falling off this list. But at this point of the season, Bryce Harper's number four for me. Mookie Betts, in full honesty, is not on it for me just because I think he's been hurt a little bit too long. But number three for me, I got Pete Alonzo of the New York Mets, who I think is having an underrated season. He's smashing home runs left and right. He's one of the league leaders in RBIs. I think Pete Alonzo has been um, – because after that rookie season, he seemed to take a little bit of a step back in 2020. I think he's come roaring back uh, this year. So I think Pete Alonso is having a really incredible season, and he's been the driving force in that New York Mets lineup. Number two for me, I got Manny Machado, who would just like, if you look at the top five MVP candidates in the National League, like three of the top five are hurt. Manny Machado, he's going to be out um, maybe a little bit of time as well. Um, but he's going to be number two for me because with Fernando Tatis out, the Padres are a team where you look at that lineup. A lot of those guys aren't producing at very high levels outside of Manny Machado. Like the Jay Cronenworth haven't been as good this year coming off an all-star appearance. Trent Grisham's of the world are just having terrible seasons. So Manny Machado has done a great job of carrying that lineup without Fernando Tatis. The rotation has been very good, but the driving force in that lineup has been Manny Machado. The number one for me, it hurts to say because he used to be an Arizona. Arizona Diamondback, and he used to be the face of the franchise. But I think I got to go with Paul Goldschmidt, who had just been on a power bender recently, multi-home run games left and right. Every time I go on Twitter, I feel like I'm seeing another Paul Goldschmidt bomb. That um, lineup for the Cardinals has been pretty good. I mean, Nolan Arenado, Nolan Gorman, they got some pieces, but no piece has been better for the Cardinals than Paul Goldschmidt, who the Cardinals are a team who I don't think are a, a phenomenal, you know, the strongest World Series contender. They weren't among our top four, but the way Goldie's playing right now, he raises the ceiling of that team, and he's he's looking like an MVP candidate because the thing with Goldie, he usually starts season slow. Usually the first half is a little slow. Then by the all-star break, he usually starts picking up. No, Paul Goldschmidt from the jump this year, he's been good from day one. I think he's my MVP so far. Uh, you know, you're right. The injuries have thrown some weird wrenches yeah. into all this thing right now. Um, I, you know, because even for Bryce Harper, who's having a wonderful year as well, um, I'm going to go, I'm going to keep Machado at my number four. Um, just because, because I mean, like, I hope he does, I really hope he doesn't miss too many more games. Uh, that would really be, that would be a, a real shame if he does. Um, my number three may surprise you. Um, I'm putting Dansby Swanson. Wow. Okay. That's a Dansby big Sw- Well, I just. Again, I just think that an all-round player, I needed to have someone on that Braves team had that great run, uh, and I had to take Harper off of my list. And, you know, like I was trying to find someone who just, like, helps all around defensively, offensively. Um, I may regret that decision, but I think he's had a tremendous year. Mm -hmm. uh, And I would just want – maybe I wanted to give him a shout-out. You could also possibly put Freddie Freeman at number three as well. Um I also think it's a contract year for Dansby Swanson as well. So you're trying to get the bag after having a career year. Yeah, I mean, like having Harper and Betts injured really puts a and and then Machado. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Three of the top five guys are hurt. I mean, yeah. I mean, so um, you know, my uh 
my number did I say did I put Machado on there? Yeah, three. Uh, so put, number yeah. number two is Alonso. Um, not just because he's had so many and his numbers are great, but he's come up big on so many massive it's been clutch. Uh, just an absolute like you know, you, you know, when you have a team that loses DeGrom, that loses Scherzer, and he is just carrying that offense and being the spark of that offense. Uh, but Goldschmidt is like Leo, I hate to say it. He's just so obviously the MVP that, <laughs> I mean, it's like, I don't understand an argument for anyone other than Goldschmidt right now. You can make a case for someone other than judge. I wouldn't agree with it, but I would say, Oh, okay. I will. We agree to disagree on that. I don't understand an argument for anyone who's not named Paul Goldschmidt to be the national league MVP, especially with the injuries to Machado and to Harper and to uh, Betts. That's why I made, it was such a difficult time coming up with the four, for the, uh, it was basically I had Goldschmidt, Alonzo, I'm like, uh, Dansby Swanson's good. Um, you know, and again, that's not a slight on him. Or Trey Turner with Los Angeles is having a great year. I mean, there's a bunch of players having great years, but Goldschmidt should be the unanimous MVP at this point. Yeah, and at the time of us recording this on Tuesday, Goldschmidt leads the National League in batting average, OBP, slugging, OPS, OPS+, plus, total bases. He also has 19 home runs and over 60 RBIs. He is running away with MVP. And as a D-backs fan, it hurts even more knowing that Carson Kelly just got his first home run of the season. He's batting below 150. And Luke Weaver, whenever he goes out there to start, he is a, a complete abomination every start now. Like, he's lost all confidence. So when you look at that Goldschmidt trade, it is getting worse and worse by the season, which which is actually pretty crazy because as Goldschmidt is getting older, he seems to become a better player. Why the two young D-backs players are getting worse as they are getting older. So uh, a fun this contrast is, there for D-backs fans. This has been a lockdown therapy session. We've gone on so long. We got to, we got to end yeah. this. We got to end this I'm episode. I know. So I'm just going to, this is a, an epic episode that you and I have recorded. Uh, I'm clearly going to be chewed out by the heads of the lockdown podcast network. For doing this long an episode, maybe you know you could split it up into as many oh. episodes as you want. <laughs> I'm done for the rest of the week, Sully. What are you talking about? You got all my pods for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So thank you. Shout out to you. I'm going to D backs game tonight. So now I could just relax and maybe I'll do a little post game uh, recording. I mean, by the time my listeners are listening to this part of the podcast, it's going to be like Friday by the time they listen to this. So they don't even know what I'm going to be talking about. All right. So tell people where you can listen to this show. Oh, well, follow me on all podcasting platforms, of course, or just look up at Creator Thomas 24 from my personal account on Twitter, or just type in Locked on Dimebacks to both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And you can follow us at Locked on MLB Pod. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal Sully, but Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. I'm going way long on this, but having a fun time. This has been a Locked on crossover between Locked on MLB and Locked on Dimebacks. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. That's my co host, Miller Thomas. We're going to fist pump because we're in this together. Uh, we're over an hour. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned into today's pod. Go back and catch up on, well, I guess it's only Thursday, so you don't have time to catch up. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. I thought this was dropping on Friday, but no, I've been behind this week, so this is coming out same day on Thursday. Thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. Make your second listen Lockdown MLB Prospects with host Lindsey Crosby, Prospect Encyclopedia, going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow and a great friend of the pod. Go check him out. As always, stay safe, stay healthy. More Dimebacks news coverage and insight tomorrow. And as always, this is...